0: you got to just give me a second here. (laughs) 1973. I think most of you remember that year, maybe for a variety of different things. In that year, Pete Townsend penned the lyrics to a song. And the song asked questions about identity. Can you see who I am? It's frankly, it's a question every one of us most desires to ask, to really be known, to be seen, and yet, simultaneously, it's the question of which we are, every one of us, the most afraid to really be seen. We so want to be known but we're scared to death to be known, right? Can you see the real me? So the song is The Real Me. Uh, It's off, well, I don't have to tell you this, you know this. It's off the Who's album, Quadrophenia. Um, I knew there were fans here. Uh, The Real Me. Can you see the real me? The longing to be ourselves. To be known. But yet, that longing constantly wars with the shame that we feel that if somebody actually saw the real me, they might recoil. They might reject me. Well, I'll be honest with you. I'm experiencing it right now, (laughs) right? Uh, I want you to know who I am, but I'm scared to death that if you really know who I am, it'll be like, oh my God, what have we done? (laughs) St. George's, I can tell you, I didn't see this day coming. And not at all because Mary and I aren't thrilled to be here. We most certainly are, uh, most assuredly. But rarely does one go back home. Uh, It's an exceptional and unexpected call. So I can tell you that we are um, humbled, thrilled to join you again and to share our lives with you in this amazing journey of faith. Lives in which we want to be vulnerable to you because that's where real relationship begins to happen. I mean, it's what discipleship and our relationship with God is all about But yet, while our heart, while my heart can cries, Can you see the real me? my humanity immediately inserts itself to present the picture that I think you want to see of me. I'm going to call this posturing for acceptance. Some people say it's we wear masks. And boy, are we adept at painting masks on our faces as quickly as the next person comes around. What must I do for you to accept me and like me? Because if you really know who I am, you might reject me. And we see a semblance of this happening in today's gospel reading from Luke. Choosing places of honor, in many cases, is posturing for acceptance. To be noticed, to be seen, to be accepted as somebody important to Uh, place ourselves there and in today's world we see it uh, in so many places but you know this social media offers us a veritable tableau of men and women, boys and girls, teenagers who all want to be noticed and to be accepted but not really not honestly we selectively posture and post those things that we hope we think will fulfill your desire for who you want me to be. An image of myself. Well, if you happen to be at uh, the installation service this past Wednesday evening, you heard one of my favorite passages of Scripture. This comes from the fifth chapter of 2 Corinthians And this is one of the verses. From now on, we regard no one from a human point of view. Even though we once knew Christ from a human point of view, we no longer know him in that way. We regard no one from a human point of view. That's an amazing and powerful statement. What's it saying? I no longer see you through your posturing. The things that you're doing to present yourself, your humanity stepping forward. I see beyond that, just as we began to see Christ beyond that. and In fact, in seeing you, I realize that your humanity is no longer how I judge or regard. Or value you, that there's something much deeper than that. C.S. Lewis, you'll come to learn that I love uh, C.S. Lewis. I think he puts this idea beautifully. I'd like to read a quotation to you. He says, There are no ordinary people, you have never talked to a mere mortal. Nations, cultures, arts, civilizations, these are mortal. And their life is to ours as the life of a gnat. In other words, all these things which seem so impressive, nations, cultures, arts, civilizations, they're mortal and they will go away. But not you and not me. But it is immortals, he continues, whom we joke with, work with. Marry, snub, and exploit. This does not mean that we are to be perpetually solemn. So don't let this mess with you. And he says this, We must play. We must play. But our merriment must be of that kind. And in fact it is of the merriest kind. Which exists between people who have from the outset taken each other seriously. No flippancy, no superiority, no presumption. What's he saying? I see beyond your posturing because I know you are no mere mortal. I see the real you. The real you. So Pete asks the question, can you see the real me? Well, through the perspective of Christ, why... Yes, I think I can. I think I can. You see, you and I, we are all, we're amazing. Psalm 139 talks about being knit together in our mother's room. We are all born so beautiful. And the greatest tragedy is being convinced that we are not. And the world will try to convince you and I of that that you and I are not. If you've been in a corporate job or really any job for very long, you've had an annual performance review. Who loves those? Everybody loves that. Being under the microscope, you know, it doesn't really matter what all you did right, but I'm gonna really tell you what you did wrong. (laughs) Well, the way we live in our culture, it's not an annual performance review. Goodness, it's not even weekly. It's often daily judgment and scrutiny, looking at the way that we posture. And so the world will try to convince you and I that we have not been born beautiful. And now this does not dismiss or deny. Please hear me. This does not dismiss or deny the sin and darkness which besets us all. We don't deny that. That'd be folly. It's all too real. It's obvious in our lives. No, but what it does... It sees sin and darkness for what it actually is. Passing away. Mortal, like C.S. Lewis said about these civilizations, right? It's going to pass. There's another passage in Corinthians which says, and compares it to wood, hay, and stubble. It will be burned up. But what's left? Precious stones. The real you. Who you actually are. Who Christ sees in you and here we're told this is how we can actually begin to view one another. Let me finally offer just a word of perspective about Jesus's words in the gospel today. Uh, It it can be easy for us to hear these words and say okay uh, I'm not supposed to exalt myself and if I humble myself then I'll be exalted. And so we see it as kind of a a little blueprint to exaltation. Well, I hope you see the trap immediately in that way of thinking, right? It's posturing yet again. It's just a different kind of posturing. It's this kind of false humility. We're still trying to be noticed by our peers and God. So if I will serve at every single soup kitchen and every one of these, well then perhaps I'll be noticed and we do it unconsciously. It's the story of the fellow who scoffs at his neighbor for driving some fancy foreign SUV and revels in his own smugness as he tools down the road in his 1973 beat-up Volkswagen bug spewing fumes out of the back. Look at me. I'm not like those people. It's the, it's the Pharisee and the uh, the tax collector right the packaging is simply different so it's it's seeing beyond the posturing of on either side into who we really are well this won't come as news to you you're going to see me make mistakes i've probably already made some i probably will before this service is over i'm going to have moments when i posture And I I get scared. And I try to show you a, a false self or I'll choose a seat of honor that wasn't meant for me. I mean, just because I know about this doesn't mean I don't fall prey to it. All of us fall prey to this. But Mary and I are here to be fellow sojourners with you in this grand adventure of life. We want to share our lives with you to be known by you and that you see the real us and whether you like it that's going to be warts and all but we want to get to know you as well for you are no mere mortal there are no ordinary people and as Lewis reminds us we must play why must we play? Well, as he writes elsewhere in his book, The Letters to Malcolm, and many of you will remember this, we must play because joy is the serious business of heaven. Amen.